Welcome to the IMO podcast, honest and open conversations with care leavers. Hey, it's Chris with the IMO podcast, and today we're talking to Isabel. Isabel is a very talented uh, young person with loads of skills to her name. She's also a care leaver, and we want to talk a bit today about the moment you really do leave care which for many people is 25. But Isabel, you're 24 and you have been discharged. Is that right? Yes, uh, I got a lovely uh, little text message from my um, my personal advisor, basically saying due to you finishing university, your like support has to cease. They use the word cease, which is lovely. Uh, and your case has to close. Uh, that was literally a month after I finished university. Right. Yeah. So we're always told it's really bad to break up with someone over text you, you literally got a text message saying that your support from the local authority has ceased yes I got a text message uh I didn't get like an email or or even a phone call uh just a text message and they they, they always used to do this actually they used the wrong like surname um and the wrong like first name they always misspell my name uh I do correct them multiple times. Um, and then I didn't get a letter from them um, until three weeks after that text message. Um, but no phone call, no kind of personal touch to be like, are you okay? Um, absolutely none of that at all. Tell me a bit what that that felt like to have it end in that way in, in quite an unpersonal way. Um, you said it perfectly a minute ago. Uh, it felt like a breakup um, of a text. Um, it actually really upset me, um, to be honest. I kind of had to like have a lot of self-care um, for a few days after getting that text message, being honest, because um, I've had that support from the moment I went into care at nine. Um, it's always kind of been there. It's followed me even through university, through college, um, even secondary school. It was always there, just kind of like checking out I'm okay or offering to help me with things. Um, and then to get it in a text message and be like, yeah, we can't do it. We can't help you anymore. Um, it was it was heartbreaking, actually. I'm going to be honest, it was heartbreaking. Um, yeah, a few yeah. times, yeah, um, to be completely honest. Because, um, it, yeah, it's parents don't do that um, at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's totally understandable. I could really imagine feeling heartbroken at that. And as you say, these are the people that, that step in and say, we will act, you know, as your parents now mm. from the age of nine and then, you know, right up until 24. Did you have any idea that that was going to come, that this, this you were going to get that message? Uh, not not at all. Um, I generally was like, cool, I've got support from 25 till January. I'm going to be OK. Like, I'm a graduate. I need that little bit of support. I have that support until I'm kind of like ready to... I guess, fly, fly the nest. Um, but I had no idea that they were going to do that um, at all. And it was, it was like a period where I'm, I was quite vulnerable as well. Like I'd, I just finished university. I was moving house out of my student house, um, all of that stuff. And I didn't, I didn't have a job because what graduate has a job at first? You know, yeah. What new graduate goes into a job? It doesn't happen. Um, and I was moving cities and everything. Um, and then they just text me being like, nope. We can't help you anymore. Um, so, but yeah, I had no idea. It just kind of like, it just came. It was like a massive gust of wind. It just came for me. Um, what, what help were you getting in, uh, up until that until that point whilst you were at university? Um, so while I was at university, um, I can't even slightly fault my, my local authority at all. Um, they were great, honestly, up to that stage. So they were kind of helping me 
in terms of like laptops. When I needed a new laptop, they got me a laptop. Um, my home grant. So like say when I moved here, um, I needed all white goods. So I was like, oh my God, I need new white goods. Uh -huh. We don't have white goods. So I was like, can I use my home grant to get that? Um, I was thankfully allowed to, not that it was very much, um, but kind of support like that or I don't know, I was struggling during university with my dissertation. So I'd be like, can I talk to you, have somebody to talk to? Um, kind of, I wouldn't say they were a parent, but it was like like, um, like an auntie or an uncle um, who I could just kind of chat to and then ask for a bit of advice. Mm. Um, and also in that period, if I'm being completely honest, that period from before, like after finishing university, before starting work, like I, I needed help in terms of money as well. So like food vouchers, um, I was lucky they were able to offer me a food voucher to kind of like get me through that chunk. Um, and so they knew I was struggling and then they cut it off. <laughs> They're mm. like, no, um, you need to apply for universal credit, which is awful. They like that takes so long to kind of apply for. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like, support I think when you are a graduate it if you're not care experience you get from your parents like you can live at home and you don't have to pay as much rent you kind of have food um and money I guess mm. um yeah but all that got cut off um and then, then yeah they knew I was struggling as well like they knew that I wasn't going to start work yet and that I, my income wasn't like great I was just living off my savings um and they still cut that support, but they, and they, they offered no other way to get that support, if that makes sense. Like they didn't go, oh, we know that you need food vouchers at the moment. Here's a charity or organization you can get food vouchers from. Um, they were just like, well, we can't help you now. Mm. Yeah. And that, 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 there's so many kind of um, important moments as people grow up and mm. transitioning into university is is one of them and during university is another but then also there's the coming out the other side and then you know standing on an, another cliff edge of total life transforming mm. moments of you know in chapters of our lives and actually that's when they with with withdrew the support and it's all very well you know it, it's one thing if they'd have been terrible all the way through and not done anything but it kind of makes it a bit worse that they were kind of okay you know it did yeah. give you bits and bobs of help and then just totally cut it off kind of quite unceremoniously via text message yeah and especially because it was at such like a, a a period of my life where I did need that little bit of help like I, I needed a little bit of a fallback on I, I needed somebody to kind of hold that rope for me um just while I like I guess found my feet and they they were and, and they knew I was struggling as well I think that's what it is like they knew that I was in a period of time of my life where I needed that little that little bit of a cushion to kind of fall back onto um and they yeah they were like bye <laughs> we, we can't help you anymore you've you've you know you've done uni um you're you're a good statistic for the for the like, authority but we can't support you now. Um, oh, cheers, mate. Well, yeah. that's good for them. <laughs> they get, yeah, they get that. Do you, did it feel, I think like managing endings is so important. It feels like this is an ending that perhaps could have been managed better. Would you have liked to have had, had an opportunity to kind of kind of end it differently? Um, yeah, definitely. It would have been really nice if like my, my personal advisor came and like saw me, like actually face to face. Mm. um obviously because of covid i've not seen them face to face for nearly a year and a half um like i've had phone calls with them and 
and all kind of that procedure, but I haven't seen them. Um, they haven't like seen like my new house or or my old house actually when I was there and I was there for a year. Right. Um, it would have been nice for them to be like, we're going to be closing your case. Can we come up? Can I come up and have a coffee with you and then go for kind of that paperwork with you so you you, you know what it's like. Um, yeah. That's that would have been nicer. Um, kind of like a we've supported you. We can't support you anymore. This is why we can't support you anymore. Here's how you can get support away from us. Mm. Um, as well, to be honest. Yeah. And someone somewhere along the line has to say, we're really proud of you. Well done. Because what you sound to me, how you what you've achieved is is, you know, is incredible. And, mm. and I hope you do feel very proud of yourself. Yeah, no, no, I I I do. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm not proud of myself for doing that. Um my my PA didn't even that my PA knew when I was getting my university grades um and they didn't even ask me the day that I got them what I got um it took me sending him a message like a, a few days later being like I got first um and he, he said congratulations but th th there was none of nothing else there was not even a card to be like well done you've done this um and my university sent me a card so my local authority could have sent me a card yeah yeah you should be inundated inundated mm -hmm. so then so you said you didn't want to do a master's afterwards what what did you do after that that time um, you, you graduated with a first we might mm -hmm. just add <laughs> um uh, I just kind of looked started to I did what every graduate does and immediately started to look for full-time work um if that was kind of freelance work so that's kind of mainly what I've been doing at the moment is freelance work um or full-time employment because I'm an adult I realize I need that I need stability stability kind of keeps me um sane that's just how I function I think as a person is having stability um so yeah that's kind of what I've been doing I've been looking for some full-time work um I have full-time work um which is great um but yeah that's kind of what I've been doing for the past yeah for the past two three months um I've just been kind of getting my head down so yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. I think my first steps into being a graduate. Um, yeah, and also during yeah. global pandemic, I just don't envy you doing it at this time, <laughs> like all all the times. So you're very interested in drama, is that right? What did you study at university as uh, an undergraduate? So I studied. Uh, my course has such a long name. Uh, so it's contemporary performance practice, drama, applies theatre, and education. God, you should be awarded a first just for being able to say it. Yeah, <laughs> What's I know. That again? No, it's such a. I always just call it date it's just called date um that's all that's people who know the course like what on the course we just say oh we're on date everybody knows it um but that's the acronym so I'll call it date from now on um yeah so I studied that uh, at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama um one of the big drama schools uh in London uh, it was cool it was a very difficult three years especially to say half of it was in a pandemic mm -hmm. um yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we're even beginning to understand the impact of, of people's learning and, uh, you know, coming out, you know, you dream of these things and you have an image of what university is going to be like in your mind. And then all of a sudden, like, you, you're, you're at home and you're not you're not doing the, the interaction. Did yeah. you find, did you get to in any way, like, integrate your experience as a, as a care experience person into drama? Um, so, uh, kind of. So my, my first year, um, I didn't at all. Um, I was pretty, um, not hidden with my identity as a case person, but 
actually no I was hidden um I wasn't so vocal about it I wasn't vocal about kind of like what my my care experience was and my kind of like the stigmas around that mm-hmm. um and that was due to an experience I had in my first year um it was about kind of halfway through through my second year um that we had a, a project come up where we got to kind of and this was actually in the middle of COVID ironically um we had a project come up where we could go work with a community uh whatever community we kind of wanted um to create like a piece of theater with them or a piece of artwork or a project with them um and we got to pick which one we had and on there there was a group of uh young care experience people in manchester and i was like oh my god wow it was like a, a light switch came on like came on in my head if that makes sense yeah i was like oh my god i could use drama to work with like the community that i'm from like care experience community um and I told my uni this, I was like, oh my God, I get to do this. I want to do this project. I'm, I'm a care leaver. I, I have experience with the care system, like, like a, a big span of it. Um, I'd be great. They'd, they'd connect with me, uh, but I wasn't put on the project. Oh. Um, no idea why. Um, no. I was put on a project uh, that I didn't pick. It was like my seventh choice. Mm. Um, it was a great project. Um, it was in, it was, it was online, but it was with, uh, send students in Cornwall it was a great project uh, I got to talk about like the 12th night and kind of teach them all about kind of like Shakespeare and the 12th night great great project but it was I, I had no passion there was no mm. passion there was no kind of like like drive if that makes sense um, and I, I was so bummed out that I wasn't put on this other project because um, I'd explicitly said I'm, I'm care experienced mm. I, I've on projects like this as a care experience person from a I guess participation point I know that having a non-care experience person in that space makes it uncomfortable um and I said all of that on my little we had to like submit a form saying our choices Mm. um so yeah it was kind of then I was like okay I'm just gonna rather than hide my identity after my experience in first year I decided to like vump it up I was like I'm care experienced I'm, I'm sick of non-care experience people working with us on projects like this and being awful allies. Um, so then it came to my third year uh, and I got to do a placement, um, which wasn't with care experience people just because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, which was fine. I, can, I, was, I got over it very quickly with COVID. <laughs> um, so that was fine. And I did that actually in a youth, uh, local youth centre um, in the area I was uh, living in before. Great wonderful placement um also had care experience people i say that didn't have care experience people in the space but it did um we tend to kind of accumulate towards things like that i've noticed mm-hmm. um but that that I, that was an art space that was just me being just just helping in that space yeah. um but then in my second term of third year we were told we can do like a project um online or in person because it was just starting to kind of come back where we can be in person um, well, we kind of direct it, create it ourselves. Um, and I was like, cool, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do a piece of care experience people. Um, I completely kind of had this drive to, I guess, come back on the bad experiences that I've had in my uni um, and outside of my uni as a care experience person. So we made a lovely piece of spoken word called Us To You, um, which was essentially a piece of spoken word that we made over a span of 12 workshops um, on the topic of what it means to be care experienced. It was very angry, I won't lie, it was a very angry 
driven piece but it was all there were to the, the three of us it was very driven by us mm-hmm. um and that kind of like fulfilled something in me a little bit I was like art I, I've always naturally loved art like if that's theater drawing writing music I've, I've always kind of loved it it's just mm-hmm. it, it just kind of helps my heart I think a little bit um and it's nice it's fun it's nice to do something fun um and it was kind of then I was like oh my god I can use art properly um to like make a difference um so I guess that's kind of when I, I fully started to to realize that it, it like art a dra- drama is when I can use like mm. yeah I think that makes it it's really hard because I, I like to explain because it was like a light bulb moment and I think it's really hard to explain the light bulb moment um and then I did really well on that project um the characters people I worked with were great they're they're my friends um as well um and I was just like this isn't a good example of practice as a care experience people with care experience community of us creating a really powerful piece of work through theatre but with us kind of at that centre um I think that's what it was it was a bit of anger. How do you strike a balance between being open and honest about your uh identity as a care experience person as you you know as, as much as you want to or not want to but also it not defining your experience or your identity when you don't want it to um boundaries is the big one um massive I have so many boundaries in place on when when I do talk about care experience and when I don't talk about my care experience I've also started I've recently started doing this thing where if I'm asked to introduce myself in a space I don't say I'm care experience anymore um at all I'm just like yeah cool I'm Isabel I did this at university. Mm. I've got a little bit of practice in this. And then this is my fun fact about myself. Mm. Um, the kind of usual. Um, I think that's what it is. Um, a lot of people tend to, I think, assume that care experience people only want to talk about a care experience. And that's our whole identity, as you just said, um, when it isn't at all. Most of us have, well, all of us have 10,000 other hobbies and interests that we want to talk about. Mm. Um, but it's mainly boundaries. I have I have a lot of boundaries. Like the weekend, um, I'm, I'm not care experience on the weekend. I'm very open about that. I'm like, I don't do work on the weekend. That's to do with my identity. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm very cautious as well where I share that kind of care experience and that um, identity. Um, I'm, I think that's come from bad experiences of sharing it at such a young age. And being a complete open canvas, an open book as, as mm. such. Um, whereas now I'm like, no, I'm going to just put these boundaries in place, um, share, I guess, my story and my care experience identity where I want mm. to share it. Because um, we have a lot of listeners on the IMO podcast who are slightly younger than you at the moment. <laughs> and I, I think what, what you're saying will be so valuable because... Mm. It's about striking a balance for us because I come from an era of social work where we've like, never discussed someone's the <laughs> fact that they care experienced, you know, absolutely mustn't yeah. say it. And you end up kind of creating this subconscious kind of shaming, like by saying, don't reveal that, you know, it's your personal. And it comes from a place of wanting to protect confidentiality. Mm. And then there's this move that, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Why wouldn't you speak about it? And then the next step is to kind of go, well, actually, it's totally up to you. And it, is you but it doesn't define you and each person has to kind of find their own I think boundaries is the key word I'm really hearing from you here around around it 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 uh yeah around you know it's it's your story and it's yours to tell 
Um, but at the same time, uh, it isn't something to give away to people that perhaps aren't going to take it properly. I don't know if that's making any any sense. Does it yeah, I think it's yeah, no, 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 it definitely makes sense. And I, I think you've just summed it up perfectly. It's um it's having ownership, I think, of your story and of your identity. Like there are certain circles within my life that people don't know I'm care experienced because I just don't want my care experience to kind of overwhelm that space. Mm. And then there's other circles or spaces where I'm only care experienced. Like this is this is my identity in that space. This is why I'm in this space. Mm. Um and, but that's a boundary. It, it, it's mm. boundaries. I think it's it's having kind of the ownership and the boundary of your own identity. Yeah. Um, and I think that has come from me being younger, um, where my identity was normally just told for me. Um, like everybody in my school knew I was care experienced, not by my own choice, but was by others in my life who decided right. to do that. Um, whereas now, as I've got older, I have that that choice to do that to be able to go. I'm care experienced, um, but yeah, I've mainly just stopped introducing myself as care experience. That's, that's, I think that's what it is. That I've stopped saying this is what defines me. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's totally up to you. And you can change your mind on any day, can't you? Like it's it's it's, it's not, you know, it, it's it's a big deal. It's also not a big deal. I think you can be really fluid and and balanced and and and, and relaxed about it. And I yeah, think definitely. really, I'm just picturing some of our our listeners who are, you know, <laughs> going to be slightly younger than you, feeling very like very spoken to directly by what you what mm. you just said. And I think that kind of that balance about your choice and you're in control about when it's an important thing to, to bring up or say, like, you know, you can be quite relaxed about it, I think, and be chilled. Especially as my, I guess, my character identity and my work are blending. Mm. Um, I, I really do need to just like, I guess, check off my care experience on the weekend. Um, not that I don't talk about it, because I, I will talk about it. Um, if I'm with my friends, it, will, it might come up in conversation and then I, I will talk about it. Isabel, I want to thank you so much for giving us your time today and telling us a bit about your story on the IMO podcast. I know that people listening will really, really find what you have said valuable and inspiring. Uh, and on behalf of everyone here, we are really proud of you for all of your achievements and we can't wait to watch what you do in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on and thank you to everybody kind of listening as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks for listening. For more stories, experiences and advice from others in care, visit imohub.org.uk. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at imo underscore latest.